welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to entangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey guys, it's your girl Kate and welcome back to another episode of the Heart of Dating podcast. We are almost finished with season 10, our entire season on sex for singles. And it has been a really good season, you guys. I mean, I personally have really enjoyed it. I have heard countless stories of how this season has really opened y'all's minds to new topics, to things that you didn't know before or didn't even think about before or things that you maybe believed, but then realized maybe this isn't a healthy belief system that I have. And so I just want to ask you today, if you have been enjoying this podcast, would you consider writing us a review on iTunes and ranking us? It would mean a lot. I have seen a lot of reviews come in, positive reviews and some not so great ones, which you know what? I take all of it into consideration and some of the harder ones are harder for me to read because we pour so much into this podcast every single week, but I want you guys to be honest and we want to do the things that actually serve you guys. So if this podcast has meant a lot to you, if this season has done something for you or healed something in you, would you consider writing us a review here on iTunes? It would mean so, so, so much. We really, really, really read every review and we take everything into consideration. Today on the podcast, we are going into a nuanced conversation of masturbation. And it's funny because when you say the word masturbation, immediately people are like, oh my gosh, what? You're talking about what? I'm sorry, the M word? Like they're like, what? It's such a like taboo topic that's rarely discussed. I mean, when was the last time you heard your pastor or a pastor talk about the word masturbation? It is this subject that many people struggle with. In fact, the majority of people struggle with, but it's not something that's often addressed, at least from the pulpit or in many public settings in the Christian world. And so today we wanted to have an open and honest dialogue. And I'll be really honest. I have shared things on this episode, or I'm I'm about to, that you're about to listen, that I have never shared before. And so did JJ. And it was really powerful. We invited our friend Riley Key Ho, previously Sewell, onto the podcast to talk about this topic. And what I loved about this conversation was it was just a conversation. You know, many of our podcasts where we bring on guests are like an interview. And we did ask Riley questions, but what I loved is it was really also a conversation between the three of us about our struggles, about the female lens of masturbation versus the male lens and struggle of masturbation. And it's really, really good, you guys. I really hope you walk away from today with further healing, with clarity, with feeling God's love tangibly on this subject where it often feels really shameful to talk about or even bring up. I hope you feel really seen and I hope you feel empowered to have more of these conversations with your friends. That being said, if this episode or another episode really has struck you this season or really helped you, would you send that episode to a friend or friends? Because it really helps us to get this podcast in the hands of more people. 
Today, we have Riley Kehoe on the show, and Riley was born in England, raised in New Zealand, and now embraces America as her home. While Riley recently lived in a tiny camper, she most recently returned from the surfboard training in the Maldives and is resettling back in San Diego. In January 2023, Riley married a wonderful man named Jack, and you guys, their story is phenomenal. We were actually at their wedding. Riley totally dated the unexpected, and I love their entire love story. You guys, Riley also always talks about having courage to do the hard things. She is a writer, a blogger, a speaker. She has incredible things over on her blog and on her Instagram. She loves speaking to the heart of singles. I really encourage you to follow her and to really uh, support what Riley is doing because she's doing incredible things. Recently, she just even was on TED. So I'm just so proud of her. And so without further ado, let's have this conversation with Riley Kehoe. All right, guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Heart of Dating podcast. We have our girl Riley Kehoe here. Hello, everybody. Hey, girl. (laughs) This is so fun. And also, if you're watching us on YouTube, this is the first time I've ever used a handheld mic. So... If my you're, audio you're sounds weird it. for any reason, that is why. I mean, it's like a perfect MC. You can like, both ways. welcome, everybody. <laughs> I know. I feel like this is a game show or something. <laughs> I'm like, hello. And the next guest behind door number two is... <laughs> Riley, Riley Keo. <laughs> and the guest right here to my left is... The bad guy. That's the one that you don't want to open. Oh, JJ. JJ. Oh. The dog Tomlin. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that was a great awkward start, Kate, but I'm just okay. ready to get going. Uh, Riley. Yes. Are you excited to be here today? I'm so excited and I cannot wait to talk about the subject. <gasps> I can't wait either. And first, before we get in, your last name just changed. My you just got mm. married. Tell our people, they probably know who you are already because we've done things together. But if they don't, I want them to be connected to you, Miss Riley with Courage. So tell them about who you are, what you do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I just got married three months ago to an amazing man named Jack. Woo-hoo. And I am originally from New Zealand. So if you detect any accent, that's where it's from. Mm-hmm. And I grew up on a farm in New Zealand. It was self-sustainable. We would eat all of our own like produce so off the cool. land. It was so fun. I moved to LA about five years ago to do my master's. Mm-hmm. And my whole mission in life after surviving a tsunami when I was 10 is how to live a courageous life. Because as you can imagine, after surviving a tsunami, I had so much fear. And I had fear of the ocean. And my parents, six months after the tsunami, enrolled me in beach lifeguard training as a way to learn how to face my fears. Mm -hmm. And so I have just set my life on helping people face their fears and to live a courageous life. I love that. Your story, your testimony is so powerful. And now, like the way you also encourage so many singles, too, Mm -hmm. through your current story and meeting Jack and just everything is so beautiful. I mean, I've been getting all your emails. Nice. <laughs> yes. I don't remember when I signed up, but I'm like, oh, I an email from Riley. I it's love so it. so good. Your posts have been so encouraging. Thank you. And Jack is like, you guys are doing some ministry stuff together now. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Oh, we love Jack. I know. And if it wasn't clear, you know, you guys definitely carry that anointing of, I would say, edification. Wow. It's yeah. not just nice words and fluffy stuff. It's like soul encouragement to the body in the church, which, you know, I don't know about you, but I think like if we're like our 
thirst as a church and as a body right now is dying for encouragement. Mm. It's dying for like soul to soul, like life giving mm. right. energy and encouragement. Because unfortunately, I think right now we're in a place where we're mimicking cultural practices and maybe the way we practice mm. accountability or talk to each other. And it's so lifeless in the sense of yeah. it's just vengeance. It's just accountability. There's no pointing to something greater. You know, when we turn and flee from sexual immorality, we're not just running away pointlessly. We're running to something with the same fervor. And I think you guys instill that fervor. Like, don't just stop. Mm. Don't just avoid. Don't just have some kind of hope. Like, have hope in the king. Mm. Have hope in the one who wrote your story before you existed. So So I just love when you guys talk and when you guys pray and when you guys minister, it really is a blessing to the people around you guys. So good. Oh, so encouraging, honey. Well, thank you. You have a gift of encouragement. (laughs) I appreciate it. Well, I mean, from one encourager to another, (laughs) I just, I really enjoy being around you guys. And I know everyone does too. That's because you guys give life, Mm. you know, you you give life. (laughs) Yeah, that's so good. Well, guys, I'm I'm laughing because Teddy's literally on the recorder right now. And I was like, is he going to stop the recording? Because if you guys can't see this, but both the dogs are in the room at the moment, we actually record with them in the room because then they get they go crazy when they're not in the room. But oh. it can be hilarious because they're like, what? Hey, what's going on, guys? So if you see them pop up on our laps, that's what's going on. They're getting FOMO. Um Okay, today we're talking about a really important conversation, a really important topic. You probably saw it in the title. We're talking about masturbation. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. And first of all, for every person listening, this is a vulnerable subject. Yeah. And it's a subject that often contains a lot of shame. Yeah. In fact, the word itself is often not said. I'm Even if you struggle with masturbation, there's a big likelihood that you... Mm potentially have never even said the word out loud. Mm -hmm. Like you just keep it so to yourself. And I know that that relates to me and some of my journey. Um, And so I just, I really, our hope in prayer as we were, you know, coming into today is just that we can approach the subject Mm -hmm. with so much grace and love and Mm -hmm. kindness for every person listening, um, especially for Anybody who's like already, who is like afraid to even click this episode because they're like, what are they going to say to me? Is this Mm going to draw me into more shame or self hatred um, Mm -hmm. because of what has been going on behind the scenes? And so, Mm -hmm. um, Riley, you have done some awesome research on Mm the subject. You have a personal story on the subject. You wrote a really cool article too on -hmm. your blog about this. So, I'm going to read some stats that you put in that article um, because it was so awesome. I drew some things from that. So you guys have to read the article. Okay. Um, but you wrote, according to the world's largest masturbation survey survey done in 2018 with 13,000 respondents aged 18 to 74 across 18 countries. Here are some stats. Okay. 95% of men and 89% of women masturbate regularly. That means Regularly in this case means once per week. Okay, mm-hmm. 95% of men, 89% of women, 40% of men, and 22% of women masturbate daily, mm-hmm. 40% and 22% daily, and 70% of married couples masturbate. 
First of all, one thing I want to just say from reading those stats, which I find is really interesting and why I'm so grateful that we have two females talking yeah. today is that we often think of the word masturbation or pornography and we think of men. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I just yes. feel like that's often the societal connotation. You say porn, you definitely like most people go immediately mm -hmm. to like thinking this is mainly a male issue, but masturbation, especially, I feel like that's a word where we often pin it as mainly a male issue, not a female struggle. And this stat literally says there's only 6% difference between yep. men and women who masturbate once per week. Now, I'm assuming this study wasn't necessarily Christian or anything of that nature, but this still gives us a really good picture of masturbation. I'm sure it's not that different, mm -hmm. um, to be honest, even within the Christian culture. Um, so masturbation is not just a male thing. And let's just start the conversation there because I think mm. that that's something for me that like – I, I I think that a lot of people ask like, hey, will you talk more about masturbation, especially like my female listeners, because they're mm -hmm. like, there's so much stuff for guys, but there's nothing really for there's not a mm -hmm. lot for the females. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so true. And and when there's not a lot of voices that are out there speaking about it, it's so it becomes harder for you to go to your friends and say, hey, I'm really struggling yes. about this. And I remember my friend Janine and I were speaking at a conference and these two girls went to us separately. Like Janine was talking to one girl and I was talking to another girl and they both admitted the struggle with masturbation mm -hmm. and they were best friends for last decade and neither of them had told each other wow and so we got the honor of like bringing them to each other and they got to be like hey i'm struggling with this and they're and the other girl's like wait me too and even in that one step of confessing it like i always say confession is the first step towards healing yes. because even just confessing it as a woman that you struggle to your friend is like one of the most courageous and best decisions you can do and you can yes. realize that you are not alone Yes. You know, because I feel like for guys and babe, you can tune in on this one or like weigh in because I feel like for guys, you tell me if I'm wrong because I'm not a man. Um, is it more of like a generalized if you're a guy, you probably assume that another guy, Christian or not, has masturbated? Yeah. Like, is there almost like an assumption in the culture of men that all guys have masturbated at some point because that is not the culture for women. Like, mm -hmm. so that's why I'm just curious. Yeah. I think within Christian culture, it's honestly still taboo. And mm. you know, what's shocking about those numbers and, and I'm guessing that was a secular study. Yeah, it was. So, you know, if you had to do a Christian study, I'm, I honestly, if I had to guess, I can't imagine the numbers are incredibly different. Right. Yeah. In no, the sense of, I think it's the one thing amongst men that we all kind of mm -hmm. know in our hearts <laughs> that we're all kind of right. struggling with. Mm. And yet it's still taboo to talk about. So mm -hmm. just as much as it takes vulnerability and tons of courage to as a woman, it's the yeah. same thing for men. And it's very, very few men get to that point of vulnerability with one another. Right. But would you say within that, there's almost like an assumption that another guy has probably masturbated at some point? Definitely. In his life. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Do you think women have the same assumption? No. No. Like that, that like is. I can never see her. Yeah. Right. You know. Like I truly, okay, here's some of my story and we can open up because I've never shared this anywhere, but. I'll just share bits and see what happens throughout our episode today. Mm -hmm. But I had never really – for me, I didn't really know that women could 
did or could masturbate. And this Mm -hmm. is even when I was sexually active, to be honest with you, like I had sex for the first time at the age of 16 and I actually didn't know about masturbation from the woman's side at all. Like it never really crossed my mind Mm -hmm. until, um, probably the past like eight years, somewhere in that vein. I actually Mm -hmm. remember somebody I knew brought it up, a girl who, who in this, in a either Bible group setting, I forget exactly what, what setting it was. It was with girls. This girl, this super bold girl just confessed to us. She's like, I am struggling with masturbation. And I'm yeah. like, I need to fast from this because it's really mm. a deep struggle for me. And I was like, whoa. Like <laughs> as soon as she said that, I was like, oh my gosh, I've never thought about women struggling with this. Mm. This is before I went on my own journey of in fact struggling with this. But I had never thought of it. Like mm-hmm. it, up until that point, that was in my mid, I'm 33. That was probably around 25, you mm-hmm. know? And up until 25, it never crossed my mind that women struggle with masturbation. Oh. Like it was wild when she said that. Mm-hmm. I was like, it was like, I, I didn't show her I was shocked by any means. But personally in my mind, I'm like, oh, wow. I I never thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um even though I was previously in my life sexually active, at that point I wasn't, but I I just never thought about it. And then lo and behold, it was like a few years after that or in around that time that I started struggling mm-hmm. with masturbation myself. Mm-hmm. But the point being that up until 25, I, it never would have crossed my mind that it, this another girl in front mm-hmm. of me would be struggling with masturbation. What changed that for you? Uh, after this girl said that, I was like, wow. Mm. And then and then when I began tempted in my own private, it, it, honestly, the what happened for me is when I when I started getting tempted in masturbation, it was actually in seasons where I was not dating men, which I, I had yeah. a lot of those. And I never was tempted originally when I was struggling with this. I wasn't really tempted when I was dating a guy mm. because I felt like connection, which we'll get into. I felt connection with this man and I didn't feel like I needed anything else. Okay. Mm -hmm. But when I didn't have that kind of romantic connection with a partner dating relationship, that's when I ended up struggling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what about you? (laughs) For me? So for me, I started when I was like, maybe like 12 or something. And honestly, at the time I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, I was so curious. You're like body. You're like, oh, this is fun. Like, I don't know what's happening. And I didn't know for years that is what I was doing. And, and I, same as you, like, I didn't have people that, that were talking about it. So I literally just was like, oh, okay, this feel good. So I'm doing it. And it wasn't until my mom took me away on this like weekend called the talk and she kind of like hyped it up and I'm like, what is this? (laughs) 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 And I go away. Any idea? I know. I had no idea. I was, I went to like a Christian primary school in New Zealand and I was so isolated. I didn't even know what sex was. Like I had no idea. So my mom and I go away on this weekend. We rent this cute Airbnb in the mountains and she tells me what sex is for the first time and when I hear it I'm like I look to her I'm like that is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard and then she told me about masturbation and she's like it's okay if you do just don't get addicted to it and I was like when she said that I was like oh that's what I've been doing you're like oh (laughs) this age I was probably like still early like 13 when she did, uh, when she gave me this talk, so but there was like a little bit of time period where I was doing it. I didn't know no, what I was doing. On, it's kind guys. of funny, you know, you say that because I I discovered it just like not really even 
you know, with any guidance. Mm -hmm. It's just, it was like a felt very natural and yeah. like left to your own devices as a teenager mm -hmm. hitting puberty with hormones. It just mm -hmm. kind of happens. Yeah. Like it is kind of bizarre in the sense that you stumble into it, yeah. at least mm -hmm. from a, a male perspective. I find that pretty common, but mm -hmm. this sounds like a... Something like that almost rarely happens, right? Yeah. Between uh, mothers and daughters, especially. Yeah. And even between father and sons, especially in the church, right? Mm -hmm. That opportunity to even talk about sex and be introduced mm -hmm. to it and even have like masturbation talked about with your parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But do you feel like, so I love what she told you in the sense of leading up to the next question and what everybody asks their favorite ask when it comes to sexual questions and mm. boundaries is, you know, is <laughs> black is, and white questions. Is, is what right. they want. So like, according to what your mom said, you can do it. Just don't get addicted to it. Mm. Would you say in general is masturbation wrong? And, mm. you know, if you ha take advice like that, you can yeah. do it all you want. Just don't get addicted to it. Mm -hmm. Like at what point do you, you know, start to draw a line saying this is where masturbation crosses yeah. a line where, Mm -hmm. I just don't see it glorifying mm -hmm. God in any kind of capacity. Yeah, I would love to know both your thoughts on this. But I I asked my mom later why she said that to me. And she said she wanted to say it so that I could have my own journey of discovering whether it was right or wrong. And for me to take shame out of the equation. That's good. And yeah. which was very intentional of her because in freedom, we get to decide what we want. And yeah. we get to decide how we act and, and the choices we make in the darkness that nobody knows happens right. when we have the freedom to decide what we want to do. Um, and I just want to, before I answer that question, like, is it right or wrong? I want to say two things. One, I want to say that God he created you with sexual desires and he loves that part of you. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful part of your identity. And it is not something to be ashamed of. It is something to be proud of. It is a part of who you are. Um, and I really think that the world perverts our sexuality. The church shames it, but the kingdom celebrates it. And your sexuality is beautiful. It is a gift, but it's kind of like a fire. And this fire, you have to decide how you want to manage it. And the second thing I would say is that I think when it comes to the subject, it is not black and white, it's gray. And yeah. so that's why it's been hard to have this conversation because nobody can, like, we can't really figure out what, we're still figuring out what is right and what is wrong because it doesn't seem to be the subject that's so easy to decide on. And so it's kind of instead this measurement of like healthy to unhealthy. Um, and so the two sides of the coin, is it right yes, and I is love, it wrong? Yes. Um, I, so there's one side where, and I'd love for you guys to pipe in whenever, yeah. but there's one side where it's like, it's okay. Some people believe that it's okay because there is a place that you, you can masturbate as a healthy practice because it's done for sexual release rather than sexual gratification. Right. And so this, it's like the masturbating without lusting yeah. part of kind without, of what we were talking yeah. about before this podcast. Yes. Well, so it's masturbating without an, ob an object or yeah. person. That you're, you're doing it. You're doing it without even thinking of anything. Which I have met someone that did that, and I was like, okay, I was never able to do that. Like, in order for me to masturbate and like orgasm, I had to be imagining something, or even more than that, like had a few times in the past watched porn. Like, you know, like there yeah. had to be something that got me there. Yes. 
Yes. In the past, I had watched Outlander. I'm just going to be really honest. Oh, my God. That is so horrible to admit right now. But I'm just being really honest, like things that made me struggle. But also, okay, I will say this is like vulnerable. I've never – I don't even think I've told JJ this. But um, so one thing as I was wrestling through this years ago, and Mm. I'm going to be honest with the people here. This wasn't like I wrestled with this years and years and years ago. This is like I wrestled with this even while I was doing Heart of Dating podcast. Just really honest. You need to know that even as a leader, like we still wrestle with things and mm. they're, we're not perfect and there's great things. And I love that your mom allowed you to go on your own journey because I mm. do think this needs to be a journey that people go on and really seek to understand, like, is this a win for me or not? Yeah. And where am I, where do I land with God on this? Like very, mm. very personal, you know, mm. otherwise it's very easy to just like shame ourselves and our bodies, which mm. is also not a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then hide from our bodies. And so for me, I had heard this teaching of, okay, you can masturbate without lusting, for example. And, um, And maybe that could be a win for you. And I heard even somewhere else, like, what if (laughs) you, you take that to the point of you masturbate and you focus on God? Okay. I know this sounds super strange probably, but like, that is what somebody who talks about this often was talking about with me and on a personal level, because I was like, how do you like, how do you truly, I'm curious, like, do you really, is it possible to masturbate without thinking of a person or a, like something that stirs you in a sexual way? And I was like, because I just don't think that's really possible. And um, I had a conversation with this person. She's like, yeah, I mean, try to focus on God and like your love for God. And I was like, okay, so I'll be honest. I tried that. Okay. (laughs) I did. I was like, I want to see if this is like a possible thing. I'm really curious. And it just didn't, it still, I don't know. It felt weird to me like that. I'm not saying if you do that, like that that's wrong. Mm -hmm. In fact, I know somebody else who's a leader at a different church, like who does do that. That's, that's actually a male. And he yeah. thinks it glorifies God. And I'm not here to judge anybody mm-hmm. who does that. I'm here to say from my experience of trying to focus on nothing or focus in this case on God mm-hmm. while masturbating, it it didn't, it wasn't a win for me. It didn't, mm-hmm. it still didn't like, I, I can't a hundred percent without certainty say that my mind didn't also stray to other things. Yeah. And I think a huge teller is how do you feel after? Yes. And that was the, that was the thing for me. So like, I was so, I would ask everybody, I would like <laughs> ask everybody like, is it right? Is it wrong? Like, I was like, I don't care if this is an awkward conversation. I want to know. Right. And in doing that, I also realized like when I like had finished, I didn't feel good. It felt like I was grieving. And I was like, there's something there. And it feels like conviction and guilt mixed in one. And so that's why I was like, maybe this isn't healthy for me. And maybe this is lust. And maybe this is a compromise of what God has designed for my like sexuality. And knowing also that in our Christian faith, there is a part of our faith that has encouraged us to be like self-denial where it's like we are going to sacrifice because we know that God's way is hard, but it's so much greater. And as I prayed for it, like I wrote in my journal, like for months about it, like, and the first time I wrote about it, I was like, M word. 
you know, because I was like, yes. if, if someone read my journal, I don't want to. But I was like, God, I'm going to go on this journey with you. And I want you to lead me to a place that I'm convicted that this is either good for me or it's not good for me. And one of my like I call it my rule of life. It's a question that I ask in every situation yeah, to help good. me make a decision is does this elevate or compromise my relationship with the Lord? Yeah. And I realized that it compromised my relationship with the Lord because afterwards I would feel further away from him. I didn't feel closer to him. Yeah. That's a great, great like litmus and question to ask yourself. You were going to say something, baby. I heard yeah, you. Yeah. I just, I, I think like, when it comes to this sexual boundaries, mm. you know, the pursuit of intimacy as a couple, especially a dating couple, yeah, you know, we're just so quick. It's such a great reflection of the human heart. Because yeah. the, what's the question that we ask? How far is too far? Right. Mm. Where can I draw the line in the sand? Yeah. Versus when we, when, if our life was completely oriented mm. around the litmus test and the question, the rule of life that you just asked, which is, does this advance my fellowship yeah. with the King, mm -hmm. with God, or does yeah. this detract? Mm -hmm. And, you know, really the secondary question is, does this glorify God yeah. or does it not? Mm -hmm. And when we start to ask that question, you know, mm -hmm. for the 99% of things of life that specifically mm -hmm. the Bible doesn't talk about marijuana. <laughs> it's a great example. Like it's, it's such a great question to ask on these mm. little questions of life. Mm. Is this okay or is this not? Well, does it glorify God or not? Yeah. And there's a pretty common standard of what glorifies God and what doesn't. Because I think it does, you do start to border. And what I like about what you guys said is eventually it is a personal journey yeah. of deciding what is and what is not. But I don't also believe that it's just a free-for-all and mm -hmm. everyone can just determine what's their truth and what's not. There mm -hmm. is a truth to abide in. Mm -hmm. well, there is it, an ethic to abide in. I guess the tough part about what you're saying, because I agree with you, is there is a truth to abide in. And if we are all communing with the same God and we're all uniquely wired differently, like my my journey with God and physical boundaries and certain things might be different than another person. For example, like I may have a horrible, I ha may have a horrible past with just making out leads me to have sex with a guy. And so that happens to me over and over and over again. And I realize that for me, based on my design and my convictions with yeah. God, I'm not even going to kiss till marriage. Mm. But then there's another person who, let's say it's Riley. I'm just going to use that <laughs> example. Who's like, Hey, I actually really know my convictions and my boundaries and I'm very firm on them and I'm firm on, I know what I'm thinking about and what I'm not and where the line mm -hmm. is to glorify God. And I can kiss and, and maybe make out a little bit on occasion, like with my person and not, yeah. it doesn't lead me to this, but you have those two different scenarios, right? Where it's mm -hmm. like if you make it prescriptive, then we would both have to do the exact same thing because it needs, yeah. it's only one way to glorify God. Right. And the prescript but what you're saying is that like, it's nuanced because that's very personal between mm. Riley and I, if that's our situation or if that's true, but like what you're saying is, is there, um, Oh, I don't want to lose my train of thought. Like, is there an ethic? Is like, there is an there ethic? A is there some kind of standard? standard that we all abide in at some at mm -hmm. some point? Right, because at one at what point are you? Is it like, well, 
is this person really communing with God in that way and hearing from God that like mm. they can sleep right. with their partner before marriage? Cause I just don't believe biblically that's necessarily like having sex before marriage is a healthy thing, Right. but they could say, Hey, I've communed with God and this is okay. So that's like, do you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. This is tough. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And I was just thinking of um, Philippians 4, 8, like keep your mind on what is true, pure, right, holy, friendly, yeah. and proper. And I think if we get given two opportunities, one like masturbate and two not masturbate, we want to pick the option that may call us to become something greater. And I believe not masturbating calls us to become something greater. Yeah. Like if we're given two options, like why not choose the harder one and go kind of more extreme? Yeah. Because it's also going to challenge our character so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I and remember agree. that God is so much more about like heart change rather than than behavior change. Right. And so I think that's why the subject has so many question marks because it's deep. It's something like in your heart. Is this you thinking what is proper and pure and holy? Yes, exactly. And that is that comes down to only you know your intentions. When we talked yeah. about modesty, we we say modesty is a, a position of the heart. It's it's something yeah. more inward, even more so than it is outward. And so um, if somebody's wearing something tight fitted, like for mm -hmm. example, like, or that looks a little more like they're showing off more than maybe somebody else. I can't sit here and say, oh, they're being immodest per se. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know if the position of their heart is humility or not. I, mm -hmm. I can't judge if they are wearing that outfit to draw in people's attention or not. Mm -hmm. Um, like all in one sense, like sure, there's a cultural standard in a way, right? Like if somebody's not wearing a top, that's going to be different than if somebody's wearing because mm -hmm. that's not culturally appropriate in America, right? Mm -hmm. But if but like I don't know if I see someone's outfit, what their intention is, and we we only know our true, true, true intentions if we're mm -hmm. being honest with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, and. You know, I, but I do think I love that you guys do point back to like, what do we abide in? What's that mm -hmm. rule of life that you abide in? And at, at some point, like we share that same cornerstone of faith, you know, yeah. that we are abiding in the same question to be asked. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Riley, I think um, one thing that you do, and I think this is starting to change in the church is championing our sexual nature. And I know mm -hmm. for me, I don't know how it was for you guys. The first time I started hearing this, especially out of a evangelical and Southern background, I was like, whoa, 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 this is some new age stuff. Like <laughs> yeah. definitely like hypersexual, <laughs> like you're telling me you're just gonna embrace your sexual nature so you can do whatever you want and masturbate, like mm -hmm. no, you know? <laughs> but then he kind of starts to say, okay, wait a second, let's start at the Bible and see when God mm -hmm. is just talking about sexual desire and nature, yeah. unadulterated in the sense where it's lustful and fulfilling self, what does yeah. he say? And mm -hmm. so he says it's very good. Right. But for mm -hmm. you, Riley, where would you say that was something that you learned and started to champion? Because you were very mm -hmm. quick off the bat in this interview to really set the tone like, hey, yeah. sexual nature is a good thing. It's a great thing mm -hmm. that God created within us. Here's where it starts mm -hmm. to go south. And here's a way that we can kind of mm -hmm. champion. And like you just said, maybe self deny. Yeah. In order to build character and grow yeah. in our faith. Yeah. I, 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 in the journey of learning 
how to come to a place of masturbation wasn't even in my life. And that was so cool when I got to that place. It gave me so much freedom. But in that wrestle that happened beforehand, I had so much empathy on myself. And I think that's the thing is like grace upon ourselves because God designed us as sexual beings. And how I started to champion that side of myself was realizing that that side of myself was never bad. It's just like, it was just maybe wrong timing or it's like the fire that I'm letting out or I'm like letting it burn something that is not yet meant to burn. But the fire was always a good thing. The sexuality of you was always a good thing. And in doing so, like when I took shame out of the equation and threw buckets of grace on myself, that's when I found the freedom. Like I found the freedom, not when I was like, stop doing it, Riley, stop doing it. I found the freedom when I would finish and say to myself, Riley, God has never loved you more than this moment. When I brought God's love into the equation and and knew that God designed me yeah. with something beautiful. And when I claimed the beauty of how God designed me, then I had so much confidence to live a life where masturbation wasn't in it. Yeah. But I was still more sexually healthy than I was before. Yes. Well, because you are removing shame from the equation, which is what, as we see in the Garden of Eden in Genesis, what the enemy uses to separate man from God. Mm -hmm. He uses shame. They were naked Mm. and and then they covered up and they felt shame. Like they they were then at at first they were naked and unashamed and then they covered up because they they felt shame. And that's where the enemy, especially when it comes to our bodies and sexuality, I feel like the enemy is like, let me go in there because it's Mm -hmm. so tender. It's so personal. Mm -hmm. And so when you're combating, if you decide, hey, masturbation isn't a win for me, it's really not possible for me to masturbate and not think about a person Mm -hmm. or lust about something or look at something while I do that, then then you would lean on the side of masturbation is not a win for me, right? Mm -hmm. And so then you go to, okay, well, how do I combat that? And just like you said, like taking shame out Mm -hmm. of the equation is so important and powerful because, Mm. I mean, it goes the same way with when we talk to people about when they cross physical boundaries in their relationship of boundaries they set. Mm -hmm. Because if you just use shame – like the first time I had sex, I felt so ashamed. I was 16 years old. It was horrible. We went immediately the next day, locked ourselves in each other's rooms in our, in my room and read, um, every young woman's battle and every young man's battle. Okay. It was ridiculous. And, and we didn't tell anyone. It was so much shame eating us alive. Right. And guess what kept happening? We kept having sex yeah, and we kept feeling awful and yeah. we kept having sex and we kept feeling awful. And there was, cause it was all shame was trying to drive us stopping. And then when we couldn't stop, there's more mm-hmm. shame. And well, so that's why this is such a big deal because mm-hmm. I love Brene Brown, yeah. but at the same time, <gasps> what, well, here's, here's the, here's the problem. Yeah, You know, the anti-shame narrative that's kind of become mm-hmm. so popular is great but it still falls short because it's mm-hmm. not saying we don't, we no longer only don't shame ourselves, but we rely on the grace of God to mm-hmm. fulfill us and sustain us. And mm-hmm. shame is such a big deal. And I love that we've really 
got a great grip on how devastating it is because if you think about it from the the perspective of the enemy not only mm-hmm. does it damage us but it's the prison that keeps us trapped within uh-huh. the same sinful totally. cycle right. and that's a big deal right right if we want to pursue holiness and fellowship with christ mm-hmm. the shame and the cyclical nature of staying in a sinful pattern because mm-hmm. shame ultimately says that i can get this i can get out of this myself as well mm-hmm. i can rely on self to fix mm-hmm. this and mm-hmm. we're stuck Whereas mm-hmm. Grace says, hey, I I am not good enough. Mm-hmm. I am not strong enough. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, like there is mm-hmm. uh, a Holy Spirit in a way that I can embrace my sexual nature and more importantly, mm-hmm. rely on Christ to fulfill me. Yeah, no, that's really good. Which is a huge deal because that's where this kind of cultural anti-shame narrative falls short. Right. And, and, but I want to ask you guys, since we're talking about masturbation and you pointed this Mm -hmm. earlier, I've always wondered what is this difference between what we would say is a godly conviction of our sin, especially say we do try to focus on nothing and like Mm -hmm. your friend and God's love and it Mm -hmm. gets out of and you know, the train goes off the tracks and we fantasize, which, and I love what Jesus says to the Pharisees, which is, if you've even lusted and committed it in your heart, mm. you've committed the act of adultery. So it is, mm. that's the kind of regard we take it. It's mm. really high regard. But at what point is a godly conviction versus that human shame and enemy shame that mm. keeps us stuck? Mm-hmm. It's a great question. Um, I feel like you said it so well, like the way you treated yourself in those moments is to me how it's a godly conviction that is first filled with love. It's first filled with love, kindness, compassion, and and I believe deep reverence for God. Like that and let's be honest. Here here's here's where it lands for me. Okay. There were moments where I had struggled with masturbation where I'm going to church, I'm reading the Bible, I'm talking mm-hmm. the things But if I'm being really honest, there was a lack of deep reverence and respect for God personally, because if God is, is ever present always, but if, but we have to intentionally be connected to the vine, we have to intentionally pray without Mm -hmm. ceasing, right? Invite him into our spaces. Like he is always there, but we could miss his presence all the time yeah. if we're just doing our he's never going to force himself onto you if mm-hmm. you're not open and willing and so mm-hmm. like i i think for me there was like i could do all the things but it was like a check it was like almost compartmentalized it's like church on sunday speaking here the mm-hmm. like devotional here but there wasn't like a true bringing God into my days and, and also truly mm. revering him. Yeah. And I think for me, like mm. that had to really be a deep, like the deeper conviction, the true godly conviction came when I really revered how much God loved me and yeah. revered God for really truly who he is, which is a wild, phenomenal, beautiful thing. If we look even in uh, Revelation, like it's it's insane. Like to think of the picture of God, like it's wild to think mm-hmm. about the heavenly host. And so, but I, I just didn't allow myself many times in my life to really revere God in that way of like, wow, this is God almighty. And so- I could talk so about reverent. that forever. So that's a great, would you add, and I, and you said something earlier too, on the reflection of it, 
mm. that you grieve the spirit. Yeah. And yeah. W- at what point would you like unpack that for us? Would you say that was conviction, not shame in the sense? And what's the difference? Yeah, totally. I, I think, I think there, when we look to God and we ask him for help on an answer, he does, he does give us help and he answers the question, but shame often happens when we know what is right and then we don't do it. And so it's like, it's like the, on our own, when we keep doing the thing that God spoke, but then we disobey and he's like, and when we disobeying, that's when the shame, we put the shame on ourselves. But there was this moment of conviction followed by moments of shame. The conviction came from God. The shame comes from us. Mm. Um, and I remember somebody saying to me, like, Riley, you uh, like, don't think of a pink elephant. And I was like, well, now I'm thinking of a pink elephant. And it's the same thing as like when we say don't do this thing. But that's not going to help us. We have to put our eyes on Jesus. And like I found so much freedom when I actually started praying for God's strength. When I realized like when you realize your human weakness, but in that weakness is opportunity for God's strength. When I actually wrote in my journal, God, I cannot do this without you. I need your strength. And then his strength flooded. But when I'm trying to do it on my own, do it on my own, shame, shame, shame. But then finally, when I invited him, God, who is a gentleman who waits at the door of our heart, but will not step in unless invited. When I finally invited him in, then he was like, finally, now my strength will flow through you. Yeah, that's so powerful. So good. Uh, yeah. Okay, so now I have a question. Um, the people are listening and they're mm-hmm. saying, okay, this is amazing. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. you guys are. Um, I love this conversation. But, you know, I I think that there's a lot of people that are like, okay, well then how do I start stewarding a life without masturbation? Yes. If I, if I've been masturbating, if this has been a struggle for me mm. and I'm, I'm going to try to go on a route of mm-hmm. maybe not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. How, like, how do I start stewarding a life without it? Oh, that's so good. I'm so excited to answer this question. <laughs> I love this question. Cause it's like, this is where people are like, okay, yes, yes. Now, okay. This is know. the practical nitty gritty of how we do it. Yes. Um, So, first of all, when you feel the desire to masturbate, your desire typically lasts for 20 minutes. Ooh, I didn't know that. So, what you need to do is distract yourself for 20 minutes. You know how, like, when a baby cries and the mom's like, ah, like, oh, look, here's a toy and tries to distract them. We have to be kind of the same thing with our own desires. We're like, just doing that last night at an event. Yeah, Yeah, with (laughs) the baby. Distract yourself. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, so, So, know that, like, you, if you push past the 20 minutes, Throw on your shoes, go for a walk, like find something to do in those 20 minutes. The second thing would be, as I shared the story before about the the two girls that confess to each other is like confess to your friends. And I know that's hard and I know that takes so much courage, but you are going to find that you are not alone. And even more than that, take a next step and pick an accountability partner. And when I started to take it really seriously that I wanted to stop masturbating, I picked one friend and I would literally like call her. I'd be like, ah, like I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? And she'd be like, all right, let's go for a run. I'll meet you here. Like, and it was so hard to like even text someone or call someone when I could feel the urge, but I I needed to bring other people in me because 
it helped like God gave us the body that yes. we can lean on it. Yeah, I want to just say something on that moment because I remember the moment for me where a friend of mine and I started. I'm, I have a bit of a cold, you guys, so I'm just starting to sound very nasally. So apologies for the listeners, <laughs> but okay. I remember on that note. It was super powerful. Confession is super powerful because when mm-hmm. I did start to struggle with this, I was like, wow, like mm-hmm. I, this is a struggle. And, and it like, it went in waves where like, sometimes it was like a lot and mm-hmm. sometimes it was like few and far between. And anyway, so eventually I was like, I just, this doesn't feel like a win for me. It doesn't feel like something I want to be doing. And I literally haven't told a single person mm-hmm. <laughs> that I am struggling with this. And mm-hmm. so, uh, my friend and I started doing our own discipleship groups, just she and I, where we would intentionally meet just wow. the two of us. We had like, um, it was actually derived from John Tyson and Church of the City in New York, and it was a phenomenal like structure for discipleship. But one of the steps in that that you're supposed to do together every time is confession. Mm-hmm. And so I'll never forget. It was so powerful because that is powerful to confess to a trusted mm-hmm. person in this process. And so mm-hmm. I'll never forget one of our discipleship mornings. I was like, I confessed it. I was like, girl, <laughs> I have something to confess for sure. <laughs> and I feel a bit uncomfortable because I've never really shared this, but I need to, I need to share it with her, with you. And like, I had no idea what she was going to say. Right. I was like, I don't know. Cause we had never talked about it. Females don't talk about this. Mm-hmm. They need to talk about it. Okay. So I, I, I mean, te- men too, like men too, like as in men, you'd be shocked at how little mm-hmm. men talk and confess about it with one another. That's true. That's see, that's yeah. And I will tell you, my DMs get filled with this topic. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I really struggle with this. Can you do an episode on this topic? Mm -hmm. And so confessing to a trusted person is so important. I shared this with her and she is like, well, I guess I have to confess as well. (laughs) She confessed back right back at me, like the same thing. And I was like, really? You know, like I'm thinking she's going to be like, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, yeah, absolutely. I'll come alongside of you and pray for this. But mm-hmm. she was like, me too. And then we set up a system like good. you're talking about, That's right. So of like, okay, when we feel like that's something we want to do, how can we text one another or mm-hmm. like keep each other accountable, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, it helps so much because and I think we did a certain amount of time. I'm forgetting like where it was like, we checked in us very frequently for like 30 days or 60 days yeah. or something. We kept it very consistent and we gave each other full permission. This was important. We gave each other full permission to just check in on the subject. Yeah, that's good. And we'd be like, Hey, how's it going in that department? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And we just were like, Hey, I can have full like mm-hmm. full autonomy to ask you whenever you have full permission to ask me whenever. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's not mm-hmm. weird. Cause I'm giving you full permission mm-hmm. and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge help in my journey. So I just wanted to yeah. comment on that cause it's really yeah. powerful. No, that's so good. And even to, to add a few other practical tips is self-awareness is so key because the thing is masturbation is often like our, us escaping something, us numbing something. And like, for me, I realized like, if I felt shame, I, that was my response to it. And so often there's a feeling or a trigger and then we end up doing this. And so like asking yourself, like, 
when is it that I want this, like what I call like happy shot? And why is it that I want yeah. it? What was I feeling? What yeah. was I doing in exactly. the moment? Yeah. Um, and like, you need to figure out, like understand yourself a bit more so that you can like safeguard yourself from being in right. that situation again. Um, and like, what is it that you're thinking about when you're doing it? Like, just ask yourself those hard questions, grab your journal, write down the answers. Um, yeah, that's good. And then another thing is that as animals, like unlike animals, we have something called a prefrontal contact, uh, cortex, which means that we have the ability to tell ourselves what to do. And what I mean by that is an animal has a desire, they just act upon it. We can, as humans, God created us to have a desire and choose to act upon it or not. Yeah. So the way that we are designed, like God has given you the ability in your mind to find freedom from this. Yeah. Um, and you then, are not an animal. Yeah. Like that's why we are above the animals. It, yeah. You're not an animalistic desire. I yeah. love that. Literally built into our design. And I'd actually argue the addiction that we all claim mm -hmm. is maybe quite not as strong as what we give it credit. Mm -hmm. As in, you know, Tim Keller gives a great sermon and he goes, I guarantee you, you are not as addicted. If I, yeah. if I walked in right around that time mm -hmm. and I had, he goes really extreme and I had a gun to your head and I say, D if you do this, you will die. I guarantee you, you probably won't do it. You would, yeah, in the height of anything, you would stop. Yeah. Meaning, you can mm -hmm. stop mm -hmm. like, if you mm -hmm. so choose, mm -hmm. and yeah. the other choice mm -hmm. is great enough. Yeah, the consequence is great enough in your mind. Mm -hmm. You can stop. Mm -hmm. wow. As in, you have the self control. Like mm -hmm. you are not so addicted to the point that mm -hmm. when it comes to life or death. You cannot stop and help yeah, it. Yeah, that's wow, so good. That's Which powerful. is a mind breaking, right? Mm -hmm. And the and from everything we've been told, I'm so mm -hmm. helpless. I'm so helpless. Right. Right. It's you're actually quite not as addicted as mm -hmm. what we. I agree, claim. babe. Like I also believe so much of this journey is in order to if you want a life more free of masturbation, like you have to come at it empowered. If you come at it de-empowered, mm. you're not going to conquer it. You know, you have to come at right, it. Right. Which is the empower but like a empowered, like I can do this. Like yeah. I have the created by God, mm. this part of my brain that can help me to mm -hmm. actually decide or not to decide. I just, because I have this desire doesn't mean I have to act on it. Mm -hmm. There's power in just knowing that Yeah, it, totally. as one step, you know, it's like, okay, wow, I'm not helpless to this. Mm -hmm. Right. Know? Well, I have a question because uh, mm -hmm. I know you're, well, and you're in the middle of your answer. So I know mm -hmm. we just love interrupting your answer. I love apparently. it. Do you want to go ahead and finish out? And yeah. I, okay. Let me just add a few more points is one, um, it, if masturbation typically happens for you on on the bed, then like if you're on the bed, literally just jump off the bed. Only decide I'm going to be only on the bed if I'm sleeping. Right. Um, another okay. thing is charge your phone outside your room because mm. a lot of people for masturbation, it's masturbation plus pornography. And so like pay, pay, taking your phone or your laptop outside of your room is really going to help. And then the la last thing is just like celebrate the small victories and have grace on yourself. Yeah. But I think out of all of those, the top ones is self-awareness and confession. Yeah, confession is powerful. Yeah, and what we say all the time is confession to God is for repentance and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Confession among brothers or confession among sisters is for healing. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's really That's good. good. Right? And there's such a fundamental difference. Yeah. If you're only confessing with God, well, mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to see much. Like, there's a reason why mm -hmm. until you confess amongst mm -hmm. out loud 
people and brothers mm-hmm. and body, it, mm-hmm. it, you would almost, I mean, you guys tell me, I would say maybe less than 1% of the time I actually mm-hmm. saw victory and change mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe almost never until mm-hmm. I admitted it out loud amongst body, mm-hmm. I never saw victory. Yeah. Because like you plus you is going to equal masturbation, but you plus humans plus God is going to equal victory. Yes, right. exactly. Can I add one thing to yeah. your answer no, too? So powerful. Just something that for me that helped in these moments was on, in addition to the self-awareness piece that for me, what I, when I felt like I wanted to masturbate, Typically for me, it was something to do, like I said earlier, I I really didn't struggle with this as much in relationship. It was when I was out of relationship. And for me, it was really tied to, I want intimacy. So I want some sort of connection. And so like that desire is not a bad desire. Like the sexual desire, like we've talked about is not bad, but for me, I wanted connection or I felt lonely or I felt um, insecure, right? There was something that I was trying to numb and you said that earlier. So when I felt tempted to masturbate, or if I did end up masturbating, I really took some inventory and like, what was I missing or what, what am I craving right now? Like, am I lonely? Am I wanting connection? Do I feel insecure right now? Mm. Do like, what, what is, is going on within me? Because Mm. And then once I can identify what that is, then I can actually do, like do something else to help mm-hmm. fill that void because mm-hmm. I wasn't wanting to masturbate, right? So it's like, well, I need connection. Then I need to have a very quality emotional connection mm-hmm. with somebody tomorrow, a friend, you know, like, um, or some time with That's God, good. right? But like, I need to literally like, if, do I feel lonely? I need to get out of the house tomorrow. Like no mm-hmm. ifs, ands, or buts. I need to do something. Like mm-hmm. I have to connect with real life people. Um, and it wasn't, the answer for me was definitely not going on apps and just connecting with guys. That is not the answer. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the answer for me. I was really thinking like, what, what do I need and how can I fill that in a way that's life-giving and positive and going to be a win for me outside that's of masturbation? That's so good. That's so good. I love that you noticed in yourself that there's a desire and you could replace, you could fill it with masturbation, but you decided to fill it with something else. Yeah. And that's why like masturbation mirrors our deep desire for intimacy. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I always felt like the times in my life where I most struggled with not just masturbation, but, you know, dating girls and really desiring to just make out mm-hmm. and have companionship, uh, validation, mm-hmm. you know, from dating an attractive girl mm-hmm. was most connected to my lack of intimacy with God. Yeah. The seasons and times where I had the least amount of intimacy were the seasons and times where I most struggled yeah. with sexual sin, mm-hmm. uh, masturbation, pornography, mm-hmm. you know, dating in a silo, you know, dating and making out and crossing physical boundaries. Yeah. Like they were absolutely correlated. And for me, really, it was that emotional and spiritual desire for intimacy mm-hmm. that was going completely mm-hmm. unmet. And mm-hmm. I was filling it with the most close, tangible thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is a massive deal because, you know, I have a great question for you. What's the difference? Those are really great practical steps. What's the difference here between behavior modification, though, Mm -hmm. and choosing holiness, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to do this because Mm -hmm. 
I know it grieves the father's heart and mm-hmm. I know there's something so much greater for me. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not just fleeing from the sexual immorality yeah. or the masturbation or the lustful thoughts. Mm-hmm. I'm pursuing something else. So what would you say is the difference between, you know, behavior modification yeah. and, you know, what we would call pursuing holiness? No, that's such a good question. Cause I think without the why we're going to break the rule. Yeah. We have to know the reason. Yes. And and so I, I love this question. And I think that's why that this question welcomes our community into it. Yeah. Because we can we can search for the why, but often the why is found like when we talk to a friend and they're like, hey, like I do this because I know God calls me higher. And even just like writing your journal, like God convict me of the reasons yes. why you why you don't want me to do this or what that's you want. A, that's a bold prayer. Yeah. 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 And like, well, and I, that's exactly what I had to struggle with and yeah. ask God, like, when it came to specifically a different topic, but similar physical boundaries with a man, which yeah. I had to really figure out, like, with men in general, like, God, mm. can you help me to, like, what do you have for me in this area specifically? Mm-hmm. Like, asking mm-hmm. those hard questions. I don't want to just not do these things because people are around me or it's yeah. what I've been taught. Like, I want, like, what do you have for me in this yeah. area? And even writing down, like, ask yourself, why is it that I'm choosing? If you're, if you listen to this podcast and you're like, yes, I want to choose a life without masturbation, write in your journal, why is it that I'm choosing? Or ask a friend, why is it that we are choosing to not masturbate? And then write down some reasons, Mm -hmm. like go on this journey of figuring out why. And, and, and go to the word and be like, well, what does the word say yeah. about the, my thoughts and like, what, how can I back up this, the, this decision? Yeah. That's so powerful, girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super good. It is good. And I, and I love how, you know, we, cause here's my question for you. Could a non-believer, a secular person who just for whatever reason wants to get rid of masturbation in their life, yeah. follow those practical steps and find freedom from mm-hmm. masturbation? You know, yeah, like because that would just be behavior modification 101, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I don't like this behavior, I'm going to cut it out. Mm-hmm. But for us, there's such a spiritual element of the sense of mm-hmm. as we're not just trying to check a box of holiness, mm-hmm. like we pursue and desire intimacy with the Father mm-hmm. and to please Him so much so that mm-hmm. we don't want anything to do with sin, we don't mm-hmm. want anything to do with because that mm-hmm. cuts us off from fellowship. Yeah. I just I love the Father so much mm-hmm. and being in His presence. I don't want to be cut off mm-hmm. yeah. from this yeah. fellowship, good, right? And learning how to say no and building the muscle of self-control is Amen. always a good thing. Yes. yes. Amen. It's always, it's a it's thing. A great it's, thing. It's, a, it's a tool we use in any area of our lives. Yes. It's like if you learn to say no and you learn self-control, then you're also going to learn how to have discipline when it comes to working out or discipline in your job. Like you can <gasps> oh, transfer yeah. this to another subject, yes. these gifts and this discipline. Okay. That reminds me of something else that helped me on my journey to self-control. I was like, okay, if I'm struggling with self-control in this, I'm struggling with self-control overall, it seems. So I started focusing on how can I have self-control in other areas? Like how can Mm -hmm. I start building this muscle of self-control in other areas of my life? Like really focusing on it because it was clearly a muscle that I just wasn't exercising very well in general and focusing on like having like whatever it was in many different areas, like Mm -hmm. whether it was alcohol and food, whether it was um, Mm -hmm. like 
Netflix or Time with God, whether it was like saying no and being true to my no, whether it was like just so many elements, like going to the gym. I mean, literally getting in a healthy routine. Um, I was starting to practice self-control in different areas and that Mm -hmm. really also helped me practice Mm -hmm. self-control in the area of mm-hmm. masturbation, because I was like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually just struggling with self-control overall, I think. Like, yeah. So let me start practicing, mm-hmm. really prioritizing um, mm-hmm. the muscle of self-control and like yeah. exercising that muscle in various areas of my life. And yeah. it did help significantly. Yeah, yeah. I had a friend who was like really struggled with this and And then I saw him like a few months later and I was like, oh, you still like struggling with it, which is crazy. I was even talking about it with a guy, but I was like, I'll talk about it with anybody. Like it's such an important subject. (laughs) And he was like, no, like I just am such living a vibrant, like full life. I don't even have time to. And I was like, okay, let's go. Like he was just like, I am focusing on the things in my life. Like, and I, and, and I think that's it. Like he had self-control in all areas of his life and was like living a vibrant, attractive life. And so he was like, I don't, this is, this doesn't even seem like a good use of my time. Yeah, he has like a connected life. Like that's also a picture of like Mm -hmm. when you have a full connected life and you're Mm -hmm. like deeply connected to God and to people and to yourself, like Mm -hmm. it's, it doesn't come across your mind as much you're like oh I feel fully fulfilled in all these other areas Mm -hmm. you know it's so powerful Mm -hmm. um I had a question for you as a Mm -hmm. guy because I I know guys are going to listen to this so this is me going off script because I don't really know much about this okay not gonna lie I believe for women we can not masturbate and nothing will happen to us physically that's bad (laughs) but Guys make a very big claim that if I don't masturbate, I need to masturbate for stuff to be released, okay? For sexual release, basically. Mm -hmm. So for guys that are listening to this who are like, well, this sounds great and all, but like literally this needs to go somewhere, okay? Like, (laughs) I don't know. What would you say to guys? Because I don't believe the same thing happens for women. Like we don't have a buildup that just needs to be released. in the same way. And if you're a sex doctor, let me know if I'm wrong. But I feel like for guys, they're like for sexual release, a lot of men are like, well, it, I literally need to because it yeah. builds up. You know, I just, for those guys, I would, I would first let them know that one, like I am for you and I am cheering for you. Yeah. And I just think there's actually so much more for you because, uh-huh. you know, Physically, you know, in case you guys didn't know, men have wet dreams. Yeah. We actually do have a built-in biological release system Uh that I don't think is an accident. Yeah. You know, that was designed on purpose Uh for the, so that you don't have to, you know, stimulate yourself to release yourself. So I, I, I haven't done enough (laughs) research on, uh, you know, biologically, if men do need to release. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. what I do know is men do have wet dreams when they abstain from sex or masturbation and releasing, Mm -hmm. Uh which means, you know, for the women listening who don't know, basically in their dreams, they, we have sexual encounters of some sort and we orgasm in our sleep. Mm which is crazy God, you know so cool it's nuts <laughs> it's wild that's wild i don't even know it's what i was gonna say yeah. so you know i would just say like you know one thing that i have not heard talked about but i think what is kind of commonly acknowledged at this point with our words is that 
<laughs> technically and theologically, and if you had to write a document, you know, an essay, masturbating without focusing on an object uh, and orgasming is technically, according to the book and God's law, you know, it's okay, yeah. is what the kind of consensus. Yeah. But what we've basically established at the point is it feels like 99.9% of the people listening mm -hmm. and then in an audience say, okay, that mm -hmm. is not going to work for me. Right. And, so, and, but if you are listening and that's, and you're not, you're not like, like hey, I, would just I just don't want to, yeah. Yeah. It's astronomically rare. Yeah. And for the men, I just, I just hear like a little bit of like permission to like not, you know, establish self-control and dominance and victory in this area of their life. Right. Mm -hmm. Because of sexual release. Like why? I, I've honestly had conversations with men about men about this before. And that's why. Yeah. I'm asking you that because like I I don't feel that same like I'm like I don't need to release something it's it's very different I mean I did it for 10 years I didn't do anything I didn't even know about this till like 25 you yeah. know so I didn't need to biologically do that to yeah. like run so I guess the life. question would be is like do I uh identify and sympathize with sympathize with that urge of needing release I would say yeah I you know there's probably times but like I also told you, it was also more related to my emotional and spiritual desire for intimacy than it was like my body was going haywire without a release. Like your body and your physical need, I also think is directly intertwined with your emotional and spiritual need as mm -hmm. one unit and entity. Um, so just say, just claiming biology one-on-one, I need a release or else, you know. I'm going to be super upset and angry and not myself. I'm like, well, you just, that statement is saying I will emotionally and spiritually be a different person and not okay if I don't have this physical, you know, effect. Yeah. And you just like prove the intertwinedness of the physical and emotional. Mm -hmm. But I just told, I like, if I had to be more blunt, I would just say it's bull crap. Like, I think it's just an excuse for a guy <laughs> looking for an excuse to keep masturbation within his life. Right. Which, and I've been there, you know, I've played that game and, you know, if they want to keep playing that game, it's okay. I've been there and there is grace, but they're going to have to learn and grow out of that. Because ultimately what we haven't talked about yet is the whole idea of masturbation and every single time that I've committed it, it was always for me. And it was always for my escape, mm. my, you know, satisfaction, self my pleasure. Yeah. It was, mm. which is so funny because it is a sexual act and the whole core of a sexual act. And what we've talked about as a sacrament is, mm. is focused on the other person. Mm -hmm. So sex within a covenantal marriage and agreement is focused on the other person and acceptance of them, their flaws, their beauty. Mm. And you're saying, I accept you naked mm. and um and the orgasm i think is the exchange of you know becoming one mm. lust and the connection to masturbation ultimately is the complete opposite mm. the other person is an object for your expense and consumption and they are fulfilling a desire on your end mm. and an urge within your end mm. right if it's like an, i always also had to ask myself is this a is does this feel like an itch that needs to be scratched? Because if this feels like an itch that needs to be scratched, like 
and I'm just going to fantasize about a guy that I'm dating or whatever, then like, I'm also dehumanizing that person because I'm like mm. using them as an object of what I need yes. to scratch this itch that I have. Like if and you have a- that once I started thinking about it like that, it just didn't feel right to me. I was yeah. like, we could go on and on. Okay. Riley, what do you <laughs> just, we're just yeah, sitting Riley's here like, like hey, wow. We have a guest, honey. We have to talk to the guy. <laughs> No, I love this. <laughs> We're like, oh, I mean, this kind of <laughs> But okay, there's so much. We could even go on. But is there anything to wrap this up, Riley, that yeah. you have on your heart that you really want to share about this subject? Yeah, I just want to like end it on on exactly what I said earlier is that God has so much empathy on you. Yeah. He does not leave you. He does not forsake you. That no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're watching, he is with you and it's him. That is the the key to strength to have this out of your life if that is what you want. And I just I would just love to pray like over yeah, the listeners. Yeah. Um, but something like I have talked to hundreds, if not thousands, of women about this subject because I spoke up about it like four years ago and then like all of a sudden I'm getting so many emails and DMs about it. I was like, okay, Lord, you're calling. <laughs> like I love that this is my calling right now. Um and something that really helped is is saying like, God has never loved me more than this moment. God has never loved me more than this moment. Like God's God, like shame and love cannot coexist. And so when we bring God's love into it, shame must diminish or exit. And so I just want to encourage you, like bring God's love into it. Like he loves you. doesn't matter how many times you've done it. It doesn't matter what you watch. He loves you and he has a pathway for you. But first feel that love from him and like, don't stop fighting to feel it and accept it and choose it because it is there and he adores you. So yeah. can I pray over people? Yes, please. Yeah. God, we just thank you that you are are the, our strength. And so Jesus, I just pray over every single person that listened to this right now that your strength would flood them, Lord. That if they choose to remove masturbation out of their life, God, may you put in a mm. belief and a faith that this is possible, that they yeah. can do this, God, through your strength. And God, I pray that shame would leave their mind in the yeah. name of Jesus, that they are not defined by what they did, what they watched, who they were with. God, that you love them. I pray shame leaves their mind right now, God. And Lord, I ask for your love to just to just to be all around them, to wrap yeah. all around them right now, God. And I just pray that in those moments that they are struggling, would your strength come into them and flood them again and again and again. Yes. And Lord, it is possible. We as three people have seen that it is possible to have a life without this but there, more than this God we don't do this just because it is a behavior we do this out of love for you and we do yes, this Lord. because we want to be holy people we are your sons and daughters and so God we walk in the authority of belovedness that we are loved by you Lord Jesus amen amen the heart of dating podcast is created by Kate Warman it is a part of the Converge podcast network our incredible editor is the one and only Scott Caro. Our theme music was developed by the amazing Christian Ledoux. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, or if you've never written us a review or ranked us on iTunes, we'd encourage you to do so because it helps us so much to get this podcast into more people's ears. We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesdays, so we'll see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.